What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero. She is Michelle Maju from NFL Network. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I went to the game last night. Saw a very exciting Panthers versus Texans game. Wow. Uh, just so much action going on. I couldn't even get out of my seat. Uh, but no, I, I'm, I drank a little bit too much, probably because the game was boring. So I'm mm. feeling it. Feeling it today. Too much Luckily, White Claw? Yeah, it was basically White Claw. But I had beer before going to the game. So then the White Claw. You know, I just, I'm a bad mixer. <laughs> I mix things. <laughs> I'm stupid. I don't think about the next day. That's future Michelle's problem. Yeah, I'm feeling it today. But I'm off. I get to relax the rest of the day. Before we get started, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Want to thank Ty Meredith, who reviewed the show. Nice five-star review. I'm really starting to like this podcast. Keep up the good work. And then there's this one from Armchair Linebacker, who gave us a two-star review, Michelle, said, if you didn't actually, not us, the network in general, if you didn't actually watch the game or know next to nothing about football, you may get something meaningful out of this show. However, to me, these guys are complete hacks. Armchair quarterbacks too in love with their own opinions without a lick of meaningful football knowledge or insight above that of the average fan. You know what? I always say, if you give us a review, we'll read it on the show. I'm sorry, armchair linebacker, that you didn't like what we had to say. I'll try and do better. That's all I can promise you. Why are you giving the trolls even one second of your time? Look, I I want to read. I want to be 100% honest with the audience. That's what I, I can always promise you. I will be authentic. You might not like what I have to say, and apparently a lot of you don't, especially because I say things that... You know, just because the 49ers are 2-0 doesn't mean everything is happy and champagne and strawberries in 49ers land. I know people don't like that, but I promise you I will always be authentic and tell you what I think. I think that's all you can ask for of somebody that's hosting a show. And I will be just as as honest with you because I know you're really feeling yourself this week. You just (laughs) said that, you know, they're not as good as their 2-0 record might be, right? But before we started the show, you were like, how, how, it's only minus three for the 49ers this week against the Packers. Like, how are we only favored by three points? So like, where are you at here? You're either super cocky about the 49ers or you don't believe that they're as good as their 2-0 record record states. I think that there are 21 starters who are really good for the 49ers and are as good as the 2-0 record. There's one starter who's not. And unfortunately, that one starter plays at quarterback. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into our fantasy and gambling preview for this week. Uh, There's a lot of interesting numbers and props that have come out. Plus, Michelle's draft crush, Justin Fields, is going to make his first start this week. I know a lot of 49er fans are going to have their eyes glued to that because, I mean, a lot of hosts on this network wanted them to take Justin Fields in the draft. And, you know, we've already been hearing the Mac Jones talk because of the start he's gotten off to in New England, the other guy the 49ers didn't take. So I think that a lot of 49er fans are going to be watching that Chicago-Cleveland game this week. And you know what? Rookie quarterbacks have not looked too good this season. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has gotten off to a really rough start. I mean, the Jaguars in general are just a bad team. Zach Wilson, four interceptions last week. He 
I mean, poor guy has no offensive line, but also he looks rough. And then Justin Fields, he got into the game last week, looked really rough against the Bengals. I know he had, you know, Allen Robinson dropped that one long bomb that could have been a touchdown, but still he, you know, he looked, he looked like a rookie out there. So that can be something that makes the 49ers fans nervous if Trey Lance does come in and play. But I am starting to agree with you that it's time to get Trey Lance into this game because Jimmy Garoppolo is doing exactly what he's done his entire career and nothing's changing. Trey Lance can go in there and throw five yards per attempt. I mean, if you can't trust him to do that, then you shouldn't have drafted him. Exactly. And I noticed yesterday on Trey Lance's Instagram, he threw up a picture of himself and he's wearing a shirt. And the shirt says, if not now, when? And I'm really surprised by that because Trey Lance doesn't seem like the kind of guy who, you know, is going to start stuff in the locker room, especially as a rookie. But like, I'm sorry, Trey, you either known or should have known what the response to that shirt is going to be 49er fans like me are going to see that and be like, hey, Trey wants to get out there on the field. Yeah, I don't care when this picture was taken. You reposted it knowing that people are going to take it that way. So he definitely is putting a message out there like, hey, I'm ready to start. Put me in. And that could create issues in the locker room. I'm shocked he would do this, honestly. I don't care if he didn't mean it to be anything. You could, you have to know how people are going to take it, like you just said. that That's a very interesting little story to follow along with and now i need to go follow him on instagram so i can check it like there you go see it's it is going to be something to follow now i think that it might not be well it's interesting so i think like you said that the 49ers are going to beat the tar out of the packers this week i don't think that green bay's defense is good at all They are, so far, and I know it's only two games, but they are 25th in rushing defense DVOA and 26th in passing defense DVOA. So there's going to be opportunities for the 49ers to move the ball on offense. It's possible that they don't even need Trey Lance in this game, that Jimmy Garoppolo just comes out and he's able to hit Debo and they're able to run it with hopefully Trey Sermon. We still don't know, but fingers crossed. It's possible they just go up and down the field on Green Bay and then no one even cares about Trey Lance. But... It's also possible that maybe Kyle Shanahan is like, you know what? Maybe we let Lance have a little run in this one. Let's unveil him on Sunday night football in front of the world. And we'll really start to get opponents, you know, thinking about that. They have to prepare for Trey Lance. I think you are underestimating the Packers a a lot, right? Like week one was absolutely terrible. And the saints just shut down Rodgers and so many turnovers that The defense really had no shot to succeed last week in the beginning of the game in the first half. They just weren't pressuring Jared Goff at all. They weren't even trying like that game plan made no sense. And then they come into the second half, change everything up, and they look like a much better overall team. Aaron Rodgers is starting to click finally as well. Like, I think they figured things out. We knew it was going to happen, right? It's Aaron Rodgers. He was going to figure things out and get back to his old self. We just didn't know how long it would take. Apparently, it's a game and a half. (laughs) And he's there. So it's unfortunate that you didn't get to play him in the first two weeks. But I think, you know, he's going to connect with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams destroys the 49ers on the regular. Like, Lenore is looking amazing. D'Amador, Lenore, like, the steal of the draft. I mean, come on, great pick there in the fifth round. He looks great. And 
I was watching him. I'm like, wow, he really looks amazing. And then I went to PFF and the, his coverage grade says my eyes are correct. Like he really looks amazing. He has the top coverage grade among all rookies so far this year. Like he is killing it. I wanted to see him against Devonte Smith and see who won that matchup. He won it. He won it hard. But now he is going to have to cover Devonte Adams for at least a bit of the game. That's going to be a completely different story. Let if he can hold up there, then damn, you got you guys got yourself a, a real guy. That's a, a good real point. corner. Yeah, yeah, like we will. That'll be a good litmus test. Hopefully, Emmanuel Mosley's back on the field. But like, do you want to put a banged up Emmanuel Mosley on Devonte Adams? Like, whoever you put on him, that's trouble. Like, I'm, I'm nervous about that for sure. But I think Adams can have a good game against the 49ers, and the Packers could still struggle. I'm not scared of anybody on this Packers offense. Even Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, like you just said it, he had two good quarters against the Lions in Week Two. And six other terrible quarters. Don't forget, Green Bay was losing that game against Detroit at halftime. The 49ers were up 31 to 10 or whatever it was at halftime against the Lions. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not convinced. I'm not scared of Aaron Rodgers. I think Bosa's going to get after it. The Packers could be on their third string left tackle. Like, Bosa destroyed David Bakhtiari when they played in 2019. And David Bakhtiari is one of the best left tackles in the league. Now you're telling me he's out. His backup could be out, and that's the guy that's going to block Nick Bosa. Like, I'll take I'll take my chances there. The 49ers are only given three points in this game. To me, they win and they cover. I will say, I mean, Quez Watt went off for that 91-yard reception. That Jalen Rager. So, Lenore, this is what I'll say. This is my least favorite part of the entire broadcast. The announcer's like, oh, well, Lenore just knew he went out of bounds, so he stopped covering him. Like, a, Lenore's eyes were looking backwards. Uh, his heel, the tiniest sliver of his heel touched out of bounds. There's no way he noticed that. Uh, so that's not why. Like, Rager just beat him. And that, you know, it got called back, and it should have been called back. It was the correct call. But it was the sliverest of heel that touched out of bounds. And then they did allow a 91-yard reception to Quez Watkins. So if Jalen Hurts can hit these two long bombs, and Devontae Smith should have caught that other, like, 40-yard pass as well. He just is weaker than Lenore was. Uh, and uh, there was, I think, Quest Hart may have also been there. There was two 49ers guys on Smith, and it, it didn't turn out. But I'm saying if Jalen Hurts can connect here, then Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to connect with Devontae Adams. Now, if the passes are going to MVS, then we're good because Melvin <laughs> Scantling cannot catch a pass to save his life. So let's hope that Rodgers targets him often in this game. I actually think the Eagles have a better offensive line than – the Packers. So I think the 49ers yeah. pass rush is going to be a bigger factor in this. I'm sure Devontae Adams is going to get his yards. Like he's going to get his yards because he's maybe the best wide receiver in the entire league. His the prop for him is 86 and a half. Uh I would not be stunned at all if he went over there. How, where were you putting he your averages money? He 121.5 receiving yards per game in his four games against the uh the 49ers. That's <laughs> oh, actually crap. the second most by any player versus the 49ers since 1970 uh when you're looking at a minimum four games played against them. He he does destroy them. 121 receiving yards per game, nine receptions per game, and he has four receiving touchdowns in those four games. So typically he does great. The secondary is banged up. I mean, Lenore was such a great find that it, they've ended up putting this thing together and they're holding tight. Josh Norman now started immediately. Um, oh. <laughs> and he did all right. I mean, I just don't like that man. I don't, I don't like him. I, there's really no reason for it. He just bothers me. I don't think he's very good. 
Uh, but they, they've been holding their own. But I still think you can't let Adams go off like this. I, I know that you think that the the 49ers defense will get to Rodgers, but Rodgers under pressure, he he doesn't just fold, right? Like he's he's one of the best quarterbacks out there. So it's going to have to come down to more than just Nick Bosa. It's going to the secondary is going to have to hold up. Yeah, it's it's going to be a test for sure. Like I, what I've said is the season kind of starts now, right? Like we knew the 49ers were going to play a couple of tomato cans in week one and week two. Now we're getting into the meat. We got Green Bay this week, Seattle the week after that, then Arizona. Like we are going to find out a lot about the 49ers in the next three weeks. Um, and I just, I don't know. I'm frustrated by what I've seen from the offense this year. Like, for example, we, if you just look at uh, Brandon Ayuk, like what is going on there? His over-under for yards, and this I believe is according to FanDuel, 28 and a half, Michelle. Before and this he probably season, won't hit it. He probably right, like, won't hit it. Before this season started, if I had told you that Brandon Ayuk was going to come into any game where the over-under on his receiving yards was going to be under 30, you would have taken that bet faster than I could speak it into existence. I can't believe such a good head coach as in Kyle Shanahan can just destroy talents like this on the regular. Like, Brandon Ayuk was so good last year. It doesn't make any sense that he's not getting targets in this offense. He, the offense could be better if they use him. It's not like this offense is clicking and you're like, okay, well, they don't need him. Like, no, Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, averaging 5.1 air yards per attempt. That's the third lowest in the NFL, only higher than Andy Dalton and Matt Ryan. He's one of just five quarterbacks under six air yards per attempt. Again, he's at 5.1, and that's Dalton, Matt Ryan, Jacoby Brissett, and Mac Jones. Those are the five that are under six air yards per attempt. He needs to get get it going because it also doesn't make any sense either because his offensive line is really doing fantastic. He's only been pressured 10 times all year, and if your offensive line is good, why are you doing so many short passes? You don't need to get it out that quickly. You can hold on to the ball and try to target guys deeper down the field. So I don't understand this logic here. Like the Steelers pass short and their offense sucks, but it's because their <laughs> offensive line is so bad. They have to get it out. But if you have options, why are you passing so short? This is not going to work if they get that. If Aaron Rodgers is clicking immediately and they get down a touchdown and they have to, you know, come back this kind of play is not going to work. That's a good point. They've largely been able to play with leads or tie mostly this year. And I thought Steve Young had a good point on KMBR because I think we can all admit that something happened with Ayuk. He trailed off at the end of training camp and he really got on the wrong side of this coaching staff's opinion, basically. Like something happened, they were mad at him. But what Steve Young said is like, okay, great. You want to make a point to a player that he needs to pick it up, that you know he's he's not in good graces right now. You can bench him or take him out of the game plan for a quarter or a half. Like that's fine. You can make that point. You don't need to completely eliminate him from the game plan in two whole games. Like so, yeah. it's it's kind of overkill there. Now Kyle Shanahan has been very very. Uh, effusive in his praise for Ayuk this week. He was after the game last week on the one catch that Ayuk actually had. He's been heaping praise on him this week, so maybe, you know, that trouble there is beginning to work itself out. Maybe things are beginning to thaw, but up until this point, it has been inexplicable. And like like we said, Vegas says less than 30 yards for this game. If you had to put money on that, do you think that it 
it, no, he breaks I'm out this week? I'm not touching it. No, I'm not touching it. Because this is the biggest question we have is, will Jair Alexander shadow Debo Samuel? I mean, mm-hmm. Debo moves around so much, he's in the slot. Like, will Alexander actually follow him into the slot? Because if their focus is on getting Debo Samuel out of this game, then someone else is going to have to step up. And it could be Ayuk, uh, or they're just going to crumble, right? If Debo gets taken out of this game and they're not willing to start targeting Brandon Ayuk for whatever reason, then there is no chance in this game. So either Alexander will not shadow Debo and only be on him sometimes, and then he'll be covering Ayuk. Then I think Debo will have a fantastic game, and I don't think Ayuk will be doing much of anything. It just all depends on the Packers' game plan. What do you think they'll do with Alexander? So there's one reason why I think that Debo can still affect the game, even if Alexander is on him. I will get to that when we come back. Also, some more player props for you, your preview of Justin Fields, and I have a nuke block of the week all when we come back. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. All right, we were talking about Jair Alexander and whether he can take Debo Samuel away from the 49ers. The one thing about Debo is he does so much of his work behind the line of scrimmage that even if they put Alexander on him, they're still going to be able to find him touches to get him, you know, the ball. Now he might not be, you know, throwing up nine catches for 189 yards like he did in week one or whatever it was. But I still think that Debo can have an impact on the game. But if I were the Packers, I would absolutely put him on Debo. Make Brandon Ayuk have to show that he can actually do something. Against Kevin King, like whoever gets Kevin King, right. they should be the one that's going off. So if Brandon Ayuk isn't covered by Alexander and they're the Packers game plan is to take out, try to take out Debo anyways, uh, and Ayuk still can't do it, then we might worry. Maybe it's not Kyle Shanahan's fault at that point. If we're, we're seeing that he can't separate or he's not getting open, but they have to try to get the ball in his hands because it's not just like Debo. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is just this guy who's going to catch the ball and not get you any yards after the catch like he's very good at that so utilize him get him in space he can ball out as well they need to get both of these guys clicking with George like get George Kittle more involved as well they're like not utilizing their weapons this 49ers offense could be so much better than they are and it's just it's not working out yet it's only been two weeks two weeks so we got to be patient but they have so much talent all around and a fantastic offensive line Jimmy Garoppolo has to get his thing together or they need to move on to Trey Lance and I do think it's about that time get Trey Lance in this game what your game plan is right now Trey Lance can do it so let him get some time let him get some practice and I I think it's time it's time it's time trade Jimmy Garoppolo or bench him figure it out Uh, Look, I've been saying that since the second Trey Lance was drafted. You mentioned Kittle. 60.5 yards is his over-under for yards on the game. Catches five and a half. Based on everything we've seen this year, like you said, Michelle, like I got to take the under on both of those. I saw a play last week in the red zone. The Eagles literally triple-teamed George Kittle, which is crazy. I I mean – I don't know that I've ever seen too many guys get triple teamed in the red zone. I mean, it does open things up for other people, but at the same time, like Travis Kelsey is getting double teamed. He's getting the attention of coverage and the Chiefs still find ways to get him the ball. So I am a little frustrated that Kyle hasn't drawn up some more stuff from Kittle, especially like down the field too. Like there has to be something you can do to get George Kittle the ball. He's too good to just use as a blocker. Yeah, you would think they'd be figuring out ways for him. I 
I would like to say that he's going to hit the over in the receiving yards in his three games against the Packers. And they've all been recent. He hasn't done much of anything in two of the three, but then he won off in week 12, 2019 with 129 receiving yards and a touchdown. But in the NFC championship game, just one target, one target. Well, they the ran the is, ball. They ran the ball. Yeah, that's true. They barely, well. they barely threw it, but still you need to get George Kittle more involved than he was last week. Again, so many weapons that you're not utilizing and with all of the injuries in the backfield, they're going to have to figure out the passing game because who in the world is going to take these carries this week? If Elijah Mitchell can't, you know, go, or he can't get the same kind of workload with that shoulder injury. Uh, Trey Sermon got destroyed. Oh, that looked bad. That looked so bad. It sucks. He fumbled, but luckily it, it wasn't a turnover there, but that was such a bad hit. I, I would imagine he can't be ready to go. That was a brutal hit. Do you think Elijah Mitchell will play? Because if he doesn't, they're going to have to figure out a much stronger passing game and get these guys way more involved. Yeah, so it was such a weird sequence. Do you realize in that Eagles game, the 49ers had back-to-back fumbles Yeah. where one where the ball went backwards like five yards and one where the Eagles recovered. Not only did the 49ers keep the ball, they gained 30 yards of possession because there were 15-yard penalties against the Eagles after each one of those on consecutive plays. I cannot ever remember that happening. It was such a wild sequence. Um, I hope that Trey Sermon can play. Every time I see him, I think of you because you were super giddy when the 49ers traded up to draft him. He's trending, they say, in the right direction. I'm a little surprised because, like you said, the hit looked so bad. But if Sermon can get in there, the 49ers are going to be able to move the ball on the ground. Their their offensive line is killing it in the run game. I really, really hope Sermon can play because, like you said, if he can't and Elijah Mitchell can't, then we're looking at uh, Jaquez Patrick and yeah. maybe carry on Johnson. Like, we're down to six-string guys here. And the way to beat Aaron Rodgers is to keep him off the field. You're going to need a running game. And Trey Sermon would be perfect for that because he is that bigger back that's going to get you those four, five, six yards, like those little chunk plays to get you those first downs. And if it's Jaquez Patrick, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> feeling too confident about that. I personally have never watched him play, so I, I don't want to say anything. You didn't watch the XFL? Him. He was on yeah, the no. Tampa Bay Vipers. <laughs> Maybe he's fantastic. And honestly, whoever's in this backfield normally looks pretty good. Elijah Mitchell, you know, did not look as good as he did in Detroit or versus Detroit. Like he looked much better then. But again, Detroit is a terrible defense, terrible against the run. The Eagles actually look like a legitimate good defense this year, but he, Elijah Mitchell didn't get it going last week, but they still like they probably can't just depend on Trey Sermon, even if he is healthy. I don't know if he's going to be able to get it done all game long. Like Elijah Mitchell is very important to this offense because of his speed, uh, his breakaway ability. So hopefully they can both go. And I think that'd be a huge difference maker in this game. Uh, if it's Patrick and Patrick only like they probably miss Wayne Gallman right now. Honestly, they probably wish they they had him still. That's something that my co-host on Thursday, Levin Black, said he, you know, that was his exact point, especially if they're not going to be able to if they're going to have to run up the middle more because they don't have the speedy guys. That was Gallman's kind of specialty. Uh, one other thing that Levin brought up that I thought was interesting, he thinks that the Niners could maybe use Trey Lance to kind of jumpstart the running game with a depleted yep. backfield, especially if Mitchell and Sermon can't go. 
you know, you put Lance in there, maybe he can get to the edge and it would be kind of a low risk situation for him. You wouldn't be depending on him to pass the ball and move the offense. Uh, that uh, to me, that does make a little sense. So I wonder how much the injuries to the running back will impact Lance's role this week. And maybe you just play Lance because you don't have a running game and he could, if you're only putting him out there to run, then defenses are going to know what you're doing. But if he's actually the quarterback, he's going to be able to rush so much better because the defense has to be worried about him throwing or running. And he's going to actually be able to get a rhythm out there because I I'm sorry, you were correct to start the season because I was like, well, you can't have Trey Lance turning over the ball. You know, I'm worried about that. And you're like, well, Jimmy Garoppolo does that too. Jimmy Garoppolo got away with two interceptions. They should have been two clear interceptions. He got away with them. The defense just dropped him. So if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to put the ball in danger as well, there is literally no reason for him to be playing. And if Kyle Shanahan can't draw up a game plan that allows Trey Lance to be successful then what the hell? Like, then we got much, much bigger problems. And we've seen Kyle be able to come up with stuff. When Jimmy Garoppolo came over in 2017, he didn't know the freaking playbook. But Kyle Shanahan, because he's really good, came up with a game plan. And Jimmy Garoppolo won every game he started. And quite frankly, I think played better than he ever has with the 49ers. So I have confidence in Kyle to be able to do that. For what it's worth, Garoppolo props this week, 242.5 passing yards, 1.5 passing touchdowns. Again, I said it last week and people got mad at me. I think there's money to be made by fading Jimmy Garoppolo touchdown passes. He averages yep. less than one and a half touchdown passes with the 49ers for his career. You factor in Trey Lance. You factor in how the Niners generally run the ball when they get into the red zone. I think that everything is working against that. I don't mean that as an indictment of Garoppolo. It's just it's the way the offense is set up to work. I'm still fading it this week, Michelle. Yeah, I mean, one passing touchdown each game this year. Uh, Trey Lance should be brought in when they get near the goal line. We didn't see that this week as much as we did in week one. But, yeah, I would definitely fade that. If you lose, like I feel like the, the probability of winning is so much higher than the probability of losing on this one. Of course, could he throw two passing touchdowns? Yes. Like, we're not saying that's not possible. But, I, yeah, I would expect him to throw one this game again and if he has two then that's great but yeah I would definitely bet the under there and for me it's a long-term play I would take it every week and I think over the long haul yeah you're going to win more than you're going to lose yeah they're like you said there's going to be some weeks where he throws two touchdowns probably some weeks where he throws three but there's going to be overall many 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 more weeks where he just gets one or fewer touchdowns so that's why I always feel comfortable uh making money there are there any other props I wanted Can to Can I get say to? my favorite thing about Kyle Shanahan, actually? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. He does quarterback sneaks on fourth and one, on third and one, at the goal line. He's the only coach, I feel like, that doesn't overthink it. Do a damn quarterback sneak. <laughs> I get so mad. I get so mad, either if it's for fantasy-related or for my Steelers, when teams just don't do a quarterback sneak. The Steelers lost this last week because on fourth and one, instead of just doing a quarterback sneak, they punted the ball away to Derek Carr and he gets a long touchdown to Henry Ruggs and ends the game. Just do a quarterback sneak. You're going to get it 99.5% of the time. And if you don't get it, then fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, at least you tried, but that play is so hard to stop. And Kyle Shanahan does it all the time with Jimmy Garoppolo and they always get it. And I just, I want to say, thank you, Kyle. Thank you so much for not being stupid and just doing the easy play. 
So, fun fact about the quarterback sneak. I'm so glad you brought this up. First of all, that is the one thing that Jimmy Garoppolo is elite at. He's an elite quarterback sneaker. When Garoppolo got to the 49ers in 2017, they didn't actually have the quarterback sneak in the playbook. There was a play against the Jaguars where they're at the goal line, and Garoppolo just decides, I'm going to get everybody up to the line quick and snap it quick before they're set, and I'm going to sneak this into the end zone. And he did it, and it worked. And ever since then, they've added it to the playbook. And now, I mean, Jimmy had four quarterback sneaks last week. He actually had 11 rushing attempts in the game, Michelle. That was a career high. But I do like it. I like Kyle Shanahan seems slightly more aggressive on fourth down this year, which I like. I think he should be fourth and short. Like if it's third and five and you complete a four yard pass, you should be going for it on fourth and one almost all the time. And I don't know that Kyle's ever going to get that aggressive, but I like that he's at least stepping it up a little bit. And uh, the quarterback sneak, Jimmy Garoppolo, elite. Congratulations. I I don't understand how it's not in everyone's playbook right the quarterback sneak I don't care who the quarterback is you just <laughs> fall forward and it works it just always works you rarely see defenses stop a quarterback sneak yes I know that it happens sometimes but the probability of getting it is just so great just do it and I honestly want to even be mad if the Steelers went for on fourth and one did a quarterback sneak and didn't get it because you're going to get it almost every time just do it every time like you said you're going to win just like the Jimmy Garoppolo bet just mm-hmm. make it every week because you're going to win more than you lose. Oh, it just drives me crazy. It seems like the simplest of things. And uh, maybe I'm just so wrong here because obviously if it was this simple, they would do it. But it drives me crazy. No, really you're does. not wrong. Don't think that. Here's why they don't do it, Michelle. Because if, when they get stopped, which like you said, sometimes you probably will. If coaches do the conventional thing and fail, nobody criticizes them. If they do the unconventional thing and still fail, they get a ton of criticism. And coaches hate that, right? They're very risk averse. They do not want to deal with that. So they don't do it. But they don't consider that, hey, maybe we could do this and it might work out. Look at the Chiefs. When it's fourth and short, the Chiefs go for it all the time. And they run all sorts of crazy stuff. Hell, I saw it in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. They were running wing T plays, option plays, all sorts of crazy shit with Mahomes in there. And guess what? It worked. So, like, you can come up with stuff if you're just not afraid. You know, Andy Reid is like, hey, I'm Andy Reid. I'm not getting fired here. I could do some crazy stuff, and if it doesn't work out, so what? I think Kyle Shanahan has the same kind of job security, frankly. Uh, I He just doesn't want to do it. But hopefully, at least he, if he can stick with the quarterback sneak, I still think he'll be successful. Yep. And we saw the Ravens won last week because they went for it on fourth down and they got it. And we all know if they punted that ball away and gave it to Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes Mm -hmm. five down, he was going to get that field goal or a touchdown and they're going to win. So like you got to go for it, like risk it to get the biscuit. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out, but it wasn't going to work out either way. If they didn't get that fourth down, yeah, you probably would have lost to the chiefs, but if you punted it away, you're probably going to lose to the Chiefs. So there are circumstances where you should just go for it. And you might be in that situation this week, and I hope Kyle Shanahan goes for it on fourth down. The Steelers fan, Michelle, pulling out the old Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit. I don't think I didn't <laughs> notice that. Uh, all right, let's... Uh, the Steelers are driving me crazy. I'm happy I have the 49ers to also pay attention to this year because <laughs> my Steelers suck. I don't suck. want to you know, throw shade at you, but you did talk convinced me into drafting Najee Harris and the Steelers run game this year has been hideously hey, he had a good bad fantasy game this last week I mean lots of receptions he got into the end zone 
He better PPR, get into baby. the end zone because he's not doing anything else. Hopefully you're playing in a PPR league. I am not. Uh, all right, so let's go beyond this game for a minute. Uh, Justin Fields is going to make his first start against the Browns. Andy Dalton banged up his knee. Uh, I have said many times that Matt Nagy is drowning, and the only thing that could potentially save him is Justin Fields starting, and he has thus far refused to grab the life preserver. Now he's got no choice. Someone has literally come out into the water to save Matt Nagy from drowning, so he's got no choice but to be dragged back to shore. What do you expect from Justin Fields in this start? I'm a little bit worried. I mean, he looked a little shaky uh, coming in, but he didn't get the week to prepare, right? Right. He gets the week to prepare. He knows he's going to be the starter. He can get his head in the right spot. Getting thrown into a game has to be very, very scary, right? So it looked rough, but I think he's going to look much better this week. Going into the Browns, like going into Cleveland and playing against the Browns, that's not an easy matchup. Right. The Browns are kind of one of those defenses where you can you can get the yardage on them. You can beat them, but they're not super easy. You're going to get a lot of Miles Garrett right in your face. And Justin Fields needs to hold on to the ball. That's his biggest thing. He can't be fumbling all the time. He, he had that issue in the preseason as well. He needs to hold on to the ball when he gets pressured. So that's one thing I'm looking for. But we saw Tyrod Taylor last week before he got injured. I mean, he completed 10 of 11 passing attempts, yep. had 125 yards and a touchdown before he got hurt. That's all on just 11 passing attempts. Obviously, Davis Mills, when he came in, he didn't look too good. Uh, he looked really bad last night as well in person. It, poor guy. I mean, he doesn't have much of a chance, but he does not look good out there. Patrick Mahomes destroyed the secondary, but that's Patrick Mahomes. Very different from Justin Fields right now. So I do think this is a beatable secondary. I want to see Justin Fields get out there, and he's going to have to win this game, and he's going to have to look good to keep his job because Matt Nagy uh, is not smart, and he already has declared that Andy Dalton will be the starter when he's healthy. Yeah. But if Justin Fields goes goes out there, wins, does his thing, looks good, you're not going to be able to replace him. You no. can't take him back out. No chance. The when he's healthy is the key part of that because you can always say, oh, you know, he's oh, he's just not quite all the way back. So they can always delay that if they need to. Um, I I have said to people that what Mac Jones does and what Justin Fields does and what you know any of the other quarterbacks do, the rookie quarterbacks, is irrelevant to the 49ers because they, they made the pick. They have Trey Lance. So it doesn't matter if Justin Fields at this point goes out and plays really great because the 49ers can't do anything about it. They're not going to trade for Justin Fields or anybody else at this point. Do you agree with me or do you agree with the people that say it looks bad for the 49ers if you know Mac Jones goes out there and has success and Justin Fields lights it up and yada yada? Oh, of course it matters. I think it matters a lot. You don't want to be what the Bears did uh, back in 2017 when they traded up for Mitch Trubisky. And then uh, later in that same round, 10 picks later, you have Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes go. Like You don't want to be that team that traded up for the quarterback that sucks. We don't know yet, right? I'm not saying saying Trey Lance is going to suck. I think he'll be great. But you don't want that situation and then Justin Fields and Mac Jones to be great. Like, You don't want that to happen. It will look bad for the organization, and it's going to look terrible for Kyle Shanahan. The Bears weren't the only team that passed on Patrick Mahomes in 2017. The 49ers took Solomon Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Solomon (laughs) Thomas, third overall. It's worse when you take the quarterback, right? The Bears moved up to get Mitch Trubisky, and that's the same situation the 49ers are in. They moved up, and they gave up a ton of draft picks. They could have gotten Justin Fields for – just their one pick, right? Or they would have to move up a spot, I guess. But 
they gave up a ton of draft capital for Trey Lance. Trey Lance has to be at least equal to them. If he's equal to them and they look the same, then no one's going to talk about it. But if Trey Lance struggles and Justin Fields goes off, it will matter. Like it doesn't matter right to the 49ers and the record or anything like that. There's nothing you can do about it. You're right there, but it will matter and people will talk about it. Yeah, people talk about a lot of things. Let, let me get to you my... You know you're going to be rooting against Justin Fields. You know it. No, I'm not. fans will be. I have yes, him on two fantasy teams, so I will not be rooting no. against <laughs> Justin Fields. Again, that's your fault, by the way. Uh, let me get to my nuke block of the week because it pertains to this. Nuke block. This idea that you can't play Trey Lance against Philadelphia because they were too scary, because their defensive line was too good, because they were on the road and Eagles fans yell loud, and that might be a night, you know, it would be a bad environment for Trey Lance to come in. That is ridiculous and stupid. As a quarterback, your whole life is spent being uncomfortable. That's the entire point of the defense. They spend a whole week trying to make you uncomfortable. So this idea that you can't put Trey Lance in because it's too scary is stupid and ridiculous. And people need to stop saying it, Albert Breer. I'm looking at you. Just stop (laughs) saying that dumb stuff. And by the way, if you wanted him to be comfortable, you had a perfect soft landing with the Lions in week one. And I want to give a shout out to Bob Jelly on Twitter, who actually made this point before I did, which is sad because I know he's a Giants fan. You know, everybody talked about the first two weeks of this season being like a nice soft landing for Trey Lance. You could get him started, get his feet wet. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo's had that same soft landing. And yeah, he looked good in week one, but he was terrible in week two. And that's supposed to be one of the easy games. So forget about the comfort of Trey Lance or any of that stuff. Get this guy in the game. Again, we talked about the shirt. If not now, when? The Packers' defense is trash. Get him in there. Unveil this kid on Sunday night in front of the home fans. Home opener in those sweet, sweet 94 red throwback uniforms they're going to be wearing. Enough is enough. Yeah, and uh, watching that game, at least for the first three quarters last week, the Eagles were the better team. Yes. The 49ers were getting very, very lucky. It's just every play went their way. The fumbles bounced their way. The penalties bounced their way. The heel touching out of bounds bounced their way. The 91-yard reception not turning into a touchdown and the play calling near the end zone it went their bad. way. Don't get me wrong. The defense was fantastic on that on the, that whole drive after the 91-yard reception. Obviously, that was terrible. But the way they cover Jalen Hurts, like, such good defense there and maybe that's a way where Trey Lance helped them right they were able to understand how to keep Jalen Hurts out of the end zone they did a fantastic job they didn't fall for that stupid trick play why are they getting so cute like the trick play (laughs) where they they have Jalen Hurts running into the end zone trying to catch a ball like you're stupid but the 49ers did a fantastic job covering that but they got very very lucky and the schedule is about to get much harder and you're not going to win games with luck against teams like the Packers and the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Like those are the next three weeks. You're going to have to play better than you did because you can't just rely on, on lucky plays. If the 49ers can go into their bye week, which is week six, at like four and one, I would take that. I would absolutely, that would be like perfect because I don't think they're going to be undefeated. I think they're going to lose one of these next three games. I don't think it's going to be this week. I really, really don't. But Seattle is always a pain in the ass. The Cardinals always play them tough as well, even though the 49ers have, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. Cardinals are looking good. 
Cardinals yeah. are looking way yeah, better than we thought they would. Let's see them play somebody that's actually pretty good first before we get all hyped up about the Cardinals. <laughs> I, again, like the Cardinals would have lost last week if the Minnesota Vikings could kick a 37-yard field goal on the final play of the game. So let's let's just chill out about the Cardinals. Well, the 49ers would have lost if any of these plays bounced. One of these plays bounced the, maybe, the Eagles way. Maybe, but we know for sure if that kick goes in, the Vikings yeah. are going to win the game. True, true, true. So, but Kyler Murray does look amazing. Uh, he is. I mean, he's freaking ridiculous. I, I still say that he the success that the Cardinals have on offense is because Kyler is such an athletic freak. I don't think it's related to scheme as much, but the fact is he's still doing it, and they're still – I mean, he's got nine. I'll say, the Cardinals did play the Titans and destroy them, and the Vikings. Like those are two much harder, much harder matchups than what the 49ers have seen so far. The Titans just came out and beat the Seahawks. So, I mean, let's give them some credit. I think this is the hardest division by far. Oh yeah, every team in this division is fantastic. It's going to be very, very hard to come out of this on top because the Rams. Matthew Stafford is looking fantastic. Oh, I love Cooper Cup. (laughs) <laughs> um, love him. Uh, this this is such a hard division and such an exciting one. Could we? Is it possible this year for four teams in one division to make the playoffs? It's we possible see that, which would be insane. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen, but yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, I love that the Seahawks have already lost the game. That is fantastic. Huge. They could very well lose this week as well. I I think you could make an argument if the Seahawks lose this week, maybe they they're out of the running for the division because it is so good yeah, and so competitive. Uh, but we'll have to see on that. All right, so you are going to be a jerk and take the Packers and try and scare everybody that the Packers are good. Let it be known, I, the person who supposedly hates the 49ers, think they're going to kick their teeth in. I just want that known. I think it'll be a close game. I do. But I think the line is fair. Uh, I think the what what was the over-under for points, 50.1? That seems a bit high to me. Last week, I thought it was really high. They were giving them 49 points in that game. I thought that was super high. It ended up being, I mean, they only scored 28 total points in that game. Yeah. I, I, the 49ers defense is just, they're good, right? Like, they're not going to, I, I'm saying, yeah, Aaron Rodgers will do his thing, but I don't think they're going to allow them to score a ton of points. I, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. 50 points is a lot. 15 and a half is the total. What do you think for a final? I think the 49ers are going to put up 30. I really do. I think it. I think I could see the well, 49ers. Well, if that happens, then they'll hit the over, obviously, because I think then the the Packers would score 20 as well. I could see it being like a 24 to 21 game, which would, yeah, that'd be under. 24-21 Packers, you're saying? I think the 49ers can win in this game. I just think it's a fair line. That's all I'm saying. Because yeah, but you I'm think asking them being who... favored by three is so crazy. I'm saying I think that's fair. I think it'll be 24-21 Packers, unfortunately. Because the three points is crazy to me because everybody playing at home gets three points. So what Vegas is really saying is this game is even, that it's a pick em. And to me, They're that's even. Cr- yeah, I'm, I'm amazed at that. How could you watch these two teams and think I... that? I won't be shocked either way. I'm not going to be shocked that the Packers win. I'm not going to be shocked that the 49ers win. I think it's a perfectly even game where Aaron Rodgers is the difference maker in this. You might say, well, the 49ers have such a you know stronger roster than the Packers. That's fine. But the quarterback position matters so much. And Aaron Rodgers is that difference maker. He, You know 100% if you could trade Jimmy Garoppolo for Aaron Rodgers, you would do that in 
Uh, they tried to. <laughs> they literally yeah. tried to back in April. I agree, but he's going to have to be. He's going to have to be magical for them to even have a shot, and I don't think he will be. You, you're taking your team. Jalen Hurts almost just beat you guys. Why does he have to be magical? Because the Eagles' defense is much, much better than the than the Packers' defense. The 49ers couldn't yeah. move the ball on Philly. The 49ers are going to go up and down the field on this defense. I, I, you keep hating. Every, you know, everybody outside the 49ers' bubble thinks I'm crazy. Everybody that I host I'm not yes- hating. I just think... I think the Packers are a very good team. So me saying that they're equal teams, that's a good thing. Like, I think the 49ers 100% have a real true shot in this game. I'm not going to be shocked if they win. I just think it's going to be closer than you're giving it credit for. We'll see. Aaron Rodgers also has one foot out the door. He's already worried about what's going on next year. He's looking rough, too. He looks like he aged 10 years from last year to this. I don't know what happened to him this offseason, but it did not go well for uh, his Just look at a side-by-side picture of 44-year-old Tom Brady. And what is Aaron Rodgers, 38? He's in yeah, his yeah, 39 or something like he's that. He's not 40 he, yet. And, man, he he's like, he aged in dog years. Whatever he was doing this offseason – did not do kind things to his body. <laughs> <laughs> and that man bun's not helping either. Like, get No, rid of the- it's not. That's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. Again, rate, review, subscribe. You've been doing a great job. We really appreciate it. Again, I mentioned it yesterday. I'm going to keep saying it. Niners Nation is crushing it right now. We had our best May, our best June, our best July, our best August that we've ever, ever had. Last month is the second biggest month in the history of the Niners Nation podcast network. The only time we ever passed it was when the Niners were in the Super Bowl. So we are so grateful. We are killing it. And that is all thanks to you. Please keep your ratings and your reviews coming. It really helps us get discovered. So if you like what you hear, drop a rating and a review. It uh, it goes a long way for us. Enjoy the games, every everybody. Enjoy the uh, 49ers' big, big win on Sunday Night Football. And we will talk to you after the game on the Niners Nation YouTube page, on the Facebook page, on the Twitter, everything. Live show, instant reaction. Be there for that. Michelle, have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.